0: the City Hill podcast we really hope you enjoy today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london so Ecclesiastes 8 verse 14 is where we're going to start there is a vanity there is a vapor that takes place on the earth that there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. And there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I said that this is also vapor. This is also vapor. So Solomon uses this word vapor as we've been looking at these last couple of weeks like 38 times throughout the whole of the book of Ecclesiastes. And I think today what we're starting with, we're talking about the tension. The tension is such a huge talking point. Because for a lot of people, the tension distracts people from ever engaging in the mission, ever engaging in their God dream, engaging in what it is that God has for your life. So what he basically says here is he's saying that bad things happen to good people and that good things happen to wicked people. And we get so hung up on that. We get so hung up on it. I mean, oh my gosh, I could think, Over the last decade I can think of about eight different people right now off the top of my head who had a God call over their life but they never really stepped out, they never really went for it because they were too busy keeping up with the Kardashians. We watch reality TV to see other people and what we do is we sit there with our friends and our family and go like, oh no, that would not happen to me, no way, I wouldn't handle that, oh, I would squash that there, I would da 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 and we get so wrapped up, so distracted, and you see, one of the things that can happen to you is, you could be what you would deem or decide a good person and see that someone who is desperately wicked is absolutely slam dunking all over their life and doing amazing and you can get confused by it. But also this question, this thing that he brings up is also about human suffering, because that's the fundamental question that distracts so many people. There's suffering in the world, there's this issue, and they can't commit to their, their vision, they can't commit to their mission, because the feelings of these situations are so overwhelming, it serves as a distraction. But what Solomon does is like every other point we've looked at so far, is he takes something that we believe is like a really weighty thing, a really poignant thing, a really important thing, a really valuable thing, and he says, this isn't something that's worth missing out on the God calling your life. This isn't worth being distracted by because this, this is vapor. This is vapor. And actually this is something that can really set you free in life, that if you can learn to live with the tension because anyone who gives you a quick answer about why bad things happen to good people and good things can happen to bad people, anyone who gives you a quick answer on that is gassed. They're gassed, they're chatting rubbish, absolute breeze, there's no quick answer to it. What Solomon says is he goes, you weigh up, you spend all your time caught up with this, but actually what you're getting caught up is vapor. The other expression he uses time and again throughout the whole of Ecclesiastes is chasing after the wind. It's something you can't get a hold of, it's something you can't hold on to You just have to learn to let it go, let it go. Some things you just gotta learn to let it go because they're vaporous. And if you're gonna spend your whole life treating the vaporous things as if they carry real weight, you're weighing yourself down with stuff that doesn't even weigh a lot. It will leave you messed up. You gotta learn to live with the tension. It's about living with the tension of life because you don't get everything untied neatly. You don't get all the answers, you don't get to know why you're struggling and you've done some really good stuff and that person's just been an absolute pagan and they're an absolute baller. You don't get the answers to those questions. You don't get it when someone you know has just been sleeping around or whatever and then someone else you know sleeps with one person this one time and then they get an STD. There's no like, it doesn't all just level out. You don't just get to go, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, yeah, someone said to me on YouTube and now it all makes sense. It's vaporous, it's vaporous. But sometimes you and I can allow something that's vaporous to stop us tapping into something that matters. So if you have a look now in Ecclesiastes, you can look at the Bible within the app, or if you have another app, or if you actually have a physical Bible with you. Wow, amazing, that's cool. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come, and the years draw near of which you will say, "I have no pleasure in them." Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. That's such a big one. That's such a big one. Do you know? Do you know how many people I knew growing up with that were like really passionate, on fire for God, and like really loved God, and wanted to do really cool stuff in the church, out of the church, want to do really cool things within the community? I had friends who had really big ideas for how they could solve. Um, situations not just here in the UK but internationally in other countries and problems that they saw and so often the attitude they had was like oh you know when I've done my degree when I've got this much money when I'm married and I've got this when I'm in this sort of a place in my life then then I'll remember my creator then I'll remember my purpose for living then I'll remember my reason for being my raison d'etre that's when I'll step out into what God has for me when, when things are when well, I'm a little bit older. Here and now, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have some fun. And, and Solomon, Solomon at the end of bringing the whole book of Ecclesiastes together, when we look over the past weeks we've done, we've heard that he talked about pleasure. He says, I, I, I said to myself, let me chase pleasure. Let me find out what that's about. And he said, this is vaporous. The guy had a thousand side chicks. So if he says that pleasure is vaporous, he should know. You know what I mean? He's been chasing around, he's been chasing after pleasure, and he found out that that was vaporous. He said, "Let me, let me, let me look at the works of a man." He says, "Actually, a man gets envy of his, of his mate, and then pushes himself harder to get a better whip because his mate's got a new one. Now he wants a bigger one, and then everyone is chasing after these things out of envy." Then he says, "Let me talk about works. Let me look at my kingdom." He goes. The kingdom was good under my dad and like now I've got even more money. The kingdom's bigger than before. We've got a better army that protects us to the point where we don't have to fight anymore. People want to trade through us because they don't want to mess with us. And then he looks at that and he goes, this is also vaporous. This is also really empty. This is also really hollow. And then he goes, and well, then when I looked at wisdom, the one thing that God said to me, I could ask for anything and he'd give it to me, I asked for wisdom. I am wise and actually being wise It's meaningless, it's vaporous, because actually a fool will have the same outcome as me. We'll both die. It doesn't matter what you amass in life, the end line gets drawn in the sand, and that line is death. So he says, so why was I so very wise? And here, as he weighs up everything, as he brings everything to a close in this chapter, he says, the thing that matters is that you remember your creator in the days that you're young. He looks back over everything, he looks back over all of the frivolous, meaningless things that he's invested all of his life into. And he finds the search and the quest for finding something of real weight, which in his language is kavod, which means glory. Glory and weight are the same thing. And he calls the things of this world that you and I find glory in. Oh, look, look what I've done with my life. Oh, what do you do? And then you say something really impressive. Oh wow, it's like top trumps or pokemon i don't know it's just ridiculous the way people battle it out over these types of things he says it's vaporous he says it's vaporous and then he starts to draw in and hone in on the point because this whole series we've been talking about the things that are vaporous but actually there are some things that aren't vaporous he says remember your creators in the days of your youth in verse 8, he brings it back round to the beginning, straight back to the start. Vapor of vapors, says the preacher. All is vapor. But then right at the end of chapter 12, he says the end of the matter in verse 13. All has been heard. And then he says this. Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, every secret thing, whether good or evil. And that's how he ends it. So you read through the whole of Ecclesiastes, you find out all the things that we've always grown up thinking bear real significance and real weight, and the thing he brings it round to is, when it's all said and done and everything's been heard, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man because he sees, he weighs, he judges, and he brings it all to account. So today I want to talk to all of us about our duty. This is a funny thing, you know, because I get shot at a lot by a lot of Christians in different places I go. Sometimes by indirects, people talk to me about different things. Sometimes they listen online, sometimes they, they get a feeling for me speaking at like a different event or something. And they get this idea that because I, I speak with a language that's accessible when I speak through like images and series in a way that people can kind of relate to and stuff like that, they get this idea that I'm like kind of like a, I don't know, a glass of squash with no squash in and just water. I'm so diluted, there's nothing in it. Like I've had people kind of like say things to me like, oh yeah, but you would do that. You, you would speak to people in that way because like, cause like, you, you, you bring, the, you bring the, the really valuable things and you make it so low, it's like they have no value and um, stuff like that. I've had that a few times in conversation, I just smile because like, there's no point, there's literally no point in throwing pearls before swine. And so what happens is, when we look at this passage, we start to tap into the duty of man, we start to talk about the real weight. And you see, the reason we do see, Hill the way we do things It's because actually, when I look at everything there is in the world, when I look at everything that matters in the universe, and everything as I see it, there's only one thing that has true weight. Jesus is the only thing that I see that has true weight. Because Bitcoin loses its value. The pound used to be worth a lot more when I was a kid. Nowadays, what's a fiver? When I was a kid and you got a fiver for your birthday, cheese, man. Like, you're talking real toys. (laughs) Nowadays you get a fiver and you're like, you get some plastic (laughs) thing that's like a kinder egg, but not a kinder egg and there's no chocolate and it's not even well made and it says made in China, but I'm not even sure it is because it's like some mutant little toy that's just whatever. Money has gone down, values have gone down. Standards too, yeah. And so if I'm going to make that the thing and that fades away, what's the point? What's the point point? and if everything that he says is true then then what's the point then that means Jesus for me is the only thing that offers me something of real significance and real weight because that which Jesus offers you offers me offers everyone is of eternal weight it's something that stretches on that no one can take away that no one can reach for and actually I believe in the way that we do things here in the way that I do things the way I've position my life and position what we're doing and the way we're gonna position the new location is you see I hold that as the weight. So if that's the weight, that's the main thing. I've had people go to me, man, you need to go you need to go deeper. You need to go deeper. I want to go deeper. It's like you can't go deeper than the Great Commission. You can't go deeper than finding the only thing that has real weight. That's all there is in this world. Like you can you can talk about anything you want to talk about, but if it's not going to lead to the ultimate point of talking about that which holds weight, even Solomon says it's vaporous. And in church what happens so often we can get so hung up on wanting to have a primary thing and making the main thing about a focus on Israel group or making a, a primary focus on on like, a, on like a women's ministry group or a men's ministry group or a primary focus on, on on like a youth thing and this, that and the other. But actually, ultimately, no matter which of those things you're going to do, it doesn't matter unless you position it around the main thing, which is eternity, which is something that Jesus is reaching out to give us. And people look at me and sometimes they say, well, your approach to people who do this and do that. Like, you should be telling people don't do this and don't do that. They made their entire focus of Christianity what you don't do instead of what you do do. The most important thing you and I can ever do with our lives is share with someone the wonderful goodness of what God has done for us. The Bible says we overcome the devil by the power of the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice and our testimony. And when you share with someone, that's that's why we made our values shine invite and give, because when you when you shine, what you do is light, you can't see light. Light reveals what's there. When we shine, we're revealing people what God has done in our lives. It can be so broad, the things that we choose to do with that. When we invite people, we've got invite people to City Hill, this space that we've created that's engaging for people of all different kind of backgrounds, to the party, that's our way of talking about it. Eternity, by the way, that's not like literally to the party, although we may have a party and invite people to it. Into our lives, it's such an important thing. People don't do that anymore, man. People keep people at arm's length. You may think that people are social and stuff, but they only invite you to something to celebrate themselves. Invite someone into your life, cheer them on. Become a cheerleader for people. Hey man, you did that this week. You know, we sing once a month on a Sunday. When you get here early, find out what someone's doing, cheer them on. Cheer them on, get into their life. Cheer them on on a Sunday. That little bit, you want to worship the Lord on a Sunday morning, hey, We're going to sing, and we're going to sing more and more and more as time goes on. But we have to be cheerleaders of one another because that's what church family is. We're called out together for a purpose, for a mission. That's our value. The last one, giving. Oh my gosh. Giving is living. Your time is a priceless gift. The only way we're ever going to achieve our goals and our mission here at this location, let alone the new location, is by serving. There's so many ways you can serve at City Hill. The coolest thing about giving of your time and your skills is you're a unique, one-of-a-kind gift on this planet. So every three months at City Hill, what we do is we have this cool City Hill award. It's like Woodham with the Edison light bulb. And we present it to someone to say, thank you so much for serving. And we always celebrate that person on that Sunday. The reason that matters is because we need to celebrate one another, but also it's the acknowledgement that when someone serves here at City Hill, you give to God a unique gift. No one else, no one else. doesn't matter what church I go to. doesn't matter where I go this week. I'm not gonna miss, I'm not gonna meet anyone who's gonna be able to do what you do because you're you. And that is a priceless gift that we have to celebrate. And even if you don't serve here, whatever, if you choose to shine in light, if you choose to invite people in your life into the party and, and, and to City Hill, straight away you're doing something of eternal worth that no one else can touch. So he says and talks about our duty, but he also talks about fearing God. You see, fear for in their culture and their society means respect, respect. And as I've been saying, everyone else seems to want to talk about the things that you don't do as a Christian. And all the energy and the focus is on abstaining from these things. And actually for me, like it doesn't matter to me. If someone screws up, I screw up. If someone makes a mistake, someone makes a mistake, someone sins, someone sins, whatever, man. We all do. And the gospel is Jesus forgives us and meets us where we are. Here's where for me it gets a bit messy. Here's for me where it gets messy. Here's for me where I get a bit sad. I get a bit sad when we don't want to step into into the yeah he's getting sad he's feeling the pain he knows, he knows he's listening he's like man I am feeling you it ticks me off too it ticks me off and we don't want to engage in the mission of God that's not a mistake that's an intentional deliberate decision I don't want to share my faith with people I don't want to talk about stuff because it gets a little sticky it gets a little awkward it gets a little this that's an intentional deliberate decision that's not like oh man I made a mistake oh we were we were, we were talking late at night that isn't any of that That's a... I didn't want to engage with what Jesus is doing. And you know what? This week, do you know what it reminded me of? I was reading this passage and and I could hear something so different. And I mean, I'm going to get slated for this, but I don't care. This is the way I heard it. The end of the matter, all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. All I could hear in my heart as I read that when God was challenging me about who I am, about what I do, about how I use my time, how I use my resources who I am as a father, as a husband, um, as the pastor of this church, is I heard God saying to me, put some respect on my name. (laughs) And the challenge today for me and you is this. Because so often when it comes to talking about God, so often when it comes to the mission of God, everything else takes precedence that's vaporous. And we spend our whole life chasing after vapor and taking pride in it and rolling around in it like pigs roll around in dirt. And yet whenever it comes to something of eternal worth, whenever it's something that can make a real difference in someone's life, man, we just, we duck out. And I felt like God saying, hey, how does God reveal himself? When the people were in slavery, Moses said, what's your name? Like we've forgotten. We've been beat down so long. What's your name? He says, I am who I am. The way the Hebrews understand that is I'm revealing, I will reveal myself to you by my actions. It's not about God never changing. You can see that into it as well. But the key way they understood it was I am who I am. I'm not going to tell you who I am. You're going to see who I am. I'm going to do it in your life. And when you receive Jesus and you receive salvation, God has done something in your life that you've seen and experienced who he is for yourself. The saddest thing for me is when we don't share that. The saddest thing for me is when we're in a moment and you see someone's world falling apart and we keep it to ourselves. And in that moment, that's the duty of man. That's the duty of man. And and then I hear that moment and I'm sitting there And I'm reading these verse, and all I can hear, and I just felt so ashamed, I could hear the challenge of God upon my life, put some respect on my name. Like, you've lost all the respect for me, you've lost respect for my mission. It's it's easy to feel a guilt about something we've done wrong and want to run forward to some altar call, get down on knees and, and cry and weep and repent and all that kind of stuff. That's really easy. What's hard is in the moment when you know someone you know is suffering and having a tough time, and not sharing faith with them, not sharing the good news with them. I felt the challenge of God today that as we wrap up this series. Philippians 2 verses 1 to 11. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. That's why we meet around a mission, a vision, and values as a church, so that we have something to strive to. If you don't have it, it's a mishmash of everyone going everywhere and anywhere. We meet around that. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only at his own interest, but also in the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which was yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in a human form. He humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's when the respect gets put on his name. When we unite together around the mission, when we unite together around the vision, each local church, regardless of what one you're a part of, that is when you put respect on his name. When you get involved in that and you push towards that instead of away from that, that puts respect on his name. When we see that what Jesus did in putting aside the majesty of being like God, becoming one of us to the point of death, that we might experience salvation, that's how he got the name above every name. And you see, when you and I put aside that which is valuable in our lives and realise it's just vapour and tap into that which is eternal, and when we go forward and we start sharing with people that, you put respect on his name. And Jesus' name means salvation. And so as a church, the thing that matters to us is about lighting up our world so that people far from God can find life in Christ, because we believe there is true salvation that can be found in Jesus. I'm going to pray for us today, and I'm going to kind of leave it there. Father God, I thank you for the tension. I pray that you would help each one of us to live with the tension. All of us have moments in our lives that are filled with hurt, filled with pain, where we can be distracted from getting involved in the mission because we're too busy doing a Kim Kardashian thing. We're looking at this person's life, that person's life, and how they're being blessed in this way, and yet we're doing it right and get distracted by these things. I pray, Father God, we won't be people who get hung up on what's happening in other people's lives, but we'll be tapping into all that you have for our lives here and now. Father, I pray we'll be people that won't chase after the vapour, but I pray we will be people that tap in to that which of eternal worth. We receive salvation from you. Lord Jesus, we come again humbly today. We just say, Father, forgive us the sins that go on in our lives. We pray you receive us as we are. We pray you transform us to be like you. And we pray we'll be people that point to you, because that is the duty of man, to point to you like John the Baptist did. And I pray, Father, that next week as we meet together, we're going to have an amazing time of prayer, praying for one another. I pray we'll experience you in a new way. And also, Father, as we pray about the mission and the vision, I pray, Father, you do something deep within us as a collective as well as individuals, Lord. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.